1: another one bites the dust have you ever heard of proterra it's an electric bus company the ceo was invited to a virtual event at the white house back in april 2021 and the big guy slobbered all over him joe of course told him that he used to be a bus driver <laughs> and if the company had made choo-choo trains Joe would have said he used to be a choo-choo train driver, and at the time, uh, Joe bragged about his support for billions of dollars in federal funding to accelerate the adoption of zero-emission transit buses and school buses. Now, I'm sure you've heard Kamala Harris making an idiot of herself talking about her love for electric buses. Well, Joe's been singing the praises of Portera for uh, a I should say, for two years, and he appointed the CEO Gareth Joyce to serve on the White House Export Council. He said Proterra is an American electric vehicle success story. And even Jennifer Granholm was serving on Proterra's board before she became energy secretary. Everybody in the Biden administration loves Proterra. Well, Proterra just filed for bankruptcy. The CEO said something about various market and macroeconomic headwinds, but He's still a big fan, he says, of electric buses. Brings back memories of Solyndra. Remember Solyndra? That was the green energy company that went down the toilet after getting $570 million from the federal government a few years ago. That's your tax dollars at work. When we come back, Hans von Spakovsky, former member of the Federal Election Committee, will be here to tell you why the charges against Donald Trump are a sick joke. And speaking of sick, Wait until you hear what the governor and attorney general of California are doing to a school board that doesn't agree with their insane transgender policies. Stick around. Well, as far as I know, Donald Trump hasn't been indicted today, but I guess it's uh, still early. Uh, We're waiting for at least one more shoe to drop. Who knows? There are 15 months left before the election, so anything could happen. Hans von Spakovsky is a senior legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation. He's also a former commissioner on the Federal Election Commission, and he's seen enough. Thanks for coming on again, Hans, and you have seen enough, haven't you?
2: I, I, I have.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're the piece that you had at The Daily Signal today, there's, there's a little bit of anger in there. Well, I
2: just, you know, I used to work at the Justice Department. And I cannot believe how low they have fallen in filing a lawsuit, a criminal, a cr- criminal prosecution, I should say, against a former president. First time in our entire history this has happened, and I can tell you it is, well, the only polite term I can use is it's a bunch of hogwash. I mean, I mean to be very clear about it, um, just to give you one example, if I if I can, um, Jack Smith is defying. Supreme Court precedent on one of the charges. He's he's claiming that um, uh, P- President Trump defrauded the U.S. He's using this fraud statute, federal fraud statute. Well, John, just three and a half months ago, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in a case involving federal fraud statutes that they can only be used against someone who defrauds another person of property. In other words, money or property. Mm -hmm. It can't just be used in general, claiming some kind of fraud. If there's no money involved, well, there's no money involved because what, uh, what Jack Smith is claiming is that um, Donald Trump tried to defraud the American people, of a valid election. So he's basically thumbing his nose at what the Supreme Court has said and using a federal statute that the court has said, you can't use like this.
1: Well, um, you're a legal expert and an election uh, expert. I'm just a guy out here doing a radio show. Is that something that that, that would take someone like you to notice that? Or is that something that anybody who pays attention to this stuff should see right away what you just described there.
2: He's an experienced, Smith's an experienced lawyer at the Justice Department. He knows this. He knows he's basically uh, using a statute he's not allowed to use. Or or look, to give you another example, and this one I just couldn't believe, because remember, when I was at the Justice Department, I worked in the Civil Rights Division, okay? So I'm very familiar with this other statute he's trying to use. He's trying to use the Ku Klux Klan act of 1870 (laughs) against president Trump. That was a law that was put in place to stop the terrible violence and threats, intimidation um, against black citizens and their white allies in the late 1800s. And yet he's filing an action under it, claiming that again, Donald Trump, was trying to prevent uh individuals from being able to vote or having their vote counted that's that's not true that's not true at all what what donald trump said and continues to say today was he could he was concerned about illegal votes being counted and legal votes um not being counted i mean it doesn't even come close and again there's U.S. Supreme Court law, uh, U.S. Supreme Court cases on how you apply this law. And again, Smith is defying what the Supreme Court has said about how you can use this statute. I mean, that—that that is this entire indictment.
1: So, <laughs> so again, here I, I'm just a guy out here on the radio. You're a guy who's done this. You've been, you've worked in the Justice Department. So, what happens? a guy runs into uh, Jack Smith's office and says, hey, Jack, I think we got him on the Ku Klux Klan Act. And Jack looks at it and says, you know what? I think you got something there, Charlie. Uh, we're going with that. How do they? If it's, if it's that ridiculous, how does it get to the point that you and I are talking about it right now?
2: Because this is a political vendetta.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And because he filed this case in the District of Columbia, And the reason he filed it there is because he knows that no matter what the facts and no matter what the law is, a DC jury is going to convict. As I said, in an article, I I just wrote about it. Like I said, um, a DC jury where in the last election, 92% vote for Biden 5% for Trump. Um, a DC jury will, uh, convict a, any Republican for eating a ham sandwich in the city. Yeah, yeah. That's how, that's how biased the juries are here. And the judge, <laughs> the judge is an Obama appointee <laughs> who did you, if you can believe this was a partner at the same law firm where Hunter Biden
1: worked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so is this just Jack Smith throwing, uh, Hogwash up against the wall and, and seeing if it'll stick.
2: Yes, that's exactly it. Uh, I have no doubt that a DC jury will convict Donald Trump again, regardless of the facts, regardless of the uh, of the law. The judge will help them do it because she is an ideologue, and his only um, remedy, Donald Trump's only remedy, is going to be on appeal.
1: And and so, how long? will it take before, number one, it goes to trial, number two, it's uh, uh, the the trial is completed and the jury rules and then an appeal is, uh, where are we by the time all that happens?
2: Oh, I think this judge is going to hurry things along. She wants a trial and a conviction before the election to try to take Donald Trump out. And you can see that in the fact that remember what happened this past weekend, all of a sudden this weekend, um, Smith and the justice department filed a motion for basically a gag order. They want a protective order from the judge, um, it, it, that would uh, limit and basically ban Donald Trump and his lawyers from being able to discuss publicly, any of the evidence in, in the file. And when they asked for, this got filed this weekend when, when Trump's lawyers asked for just a couple of days of extension so they could prepare an answer to it, the judge said, no, you have to answer by Monday at five o'clock giving them almost no time to respond. That tells you, um, that she is going to rush this along and do everything she can to make sure he gets convicted uh, in, in, in order to interfere with next year's election.
1: You would think that there, they, there'd be some level of embarrassment. Uh, apparently, they, they're not capable of being embarrassed by this, because if what you're saying is true, and, and these, are, these are people who are are you know, know the law, it seems to me that they I, I get the feeling that they probably wouldn't give you much of an argument on anything you've said, but they just don't care.
2: No, I don't think they care. And the fact that being embarrassed doesn't matter to them is is also shown by the fact that, look, at the same time that they are doing this. R- remember, they, they've basically given a get out of jail free card to Hunter Biden. Mm-hmm. He committed. He committed. Numerous, serious felonies. He evaded paying millions of doctors, uh, dollars in federal taxes. He violated the uh, Foreign Agent Registration Act, which is a felony. And the plea deal they recommended? Probation. Not even jail time. Not even one day in jail for that.
1: Yeah. uh, I. This is... Has it gone beyond uh, third, third world uh, um, levels now?
2: Oh, I think it's cert- that's certainly true with the Justice Department and the FBI. All you have to do is look at all of the recent testimony from whistleblowers, look at their behavior in this case, look at their behavior with regard to Hunter Biden. And by the way, <laughs> their complete refusal the DOJ and FBI, to investigate the serious corruption and bribery allegations against Joe Biden. They, they're not even doing anything about that. Does that sound like the third world? It does to me.
1: Yeah, it's, it's pretty scary. Um, and we're talking to Hans von Spakovsky, a senior legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation and a former commissioner on the Federal Election Commission. Um, you say that uh, in your piece that it started with uh, Barack Obama and Eric Holder, this uh, weaponizing the government. Uh, so are Biden and uh, Merrick Garland, just picking up where they left off.
2: Yes, but it's but it's been accelerating. But by, by the way, just just one point, I, I think folks need to understand. Um, look, this entire uh, criminal prosecution is based on the claim being made by Smith that um, when Donald Trump. Claimed that the 2020 election had been stolen. He knew. He knew that was false. Now, <laughs> even people who don't like Donald Trump, is there anybody out there who really uh, thinks that Donald Trump doesn't believe he, his, the 2020 election was stolen from him?
1: Oh well, here's the thing, though, um, Hans. If I I I believe he thinks that and you believe he thinks that but right. if you're but, but if you're in front of a jury um uh, 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 could you get 12 people to say yeah I think I uh, uh, I don't think he believed that I think he was making it up how hard would it be to get 12 people who voted for Joe Biden to to agree with that
2: oh in DC it's easy yeah he uh, said there there is simply no way that Donald Trump can get a fair trial in the district of Columbia in front of a D.C. jury or, frankly, in front of this particular judge who's, who's been assigned to the case.
1: Well, there are plenty of videos out there. I'm sure you've seen them. Uh, and you remember it happening when it happened, uh, showing Hillary Clinton, uh, lots of other Democrats, including uh, the current vice president, by the way, saying back in 2016 that Donald Trump was not a legitimate president. Um, could, right. could Smith have charged them with committing a crime if he had been in charge? Under the
2: bizarre theories he's pushing in this case,
1: yeah. Uh, it does, it's, again, this is—I just—it's so—it's so blatant. I, I, Smith—he—he he doesn't know that that uh, that someone could throw this up at him and say, well, wait a minute! Why weren't these people? How can you charge this guy when there's video evidence of multiple people saying in 2016 that Donald Trump was not a legitimate president?" Hillary Clinton was still saying it 20 minutes ago.
2: Yeah, but see, he 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 doesn't care about that, and he doesn't see any consequences from wrongful behavior. Keep in mind, this is the very same DOJ lawyer who tried to do the same thing to Robert McDonald, the former Republican governor of Virginia. He, he criminally prosecuted McDonald under this, federal statute for supposed corruption and bribery, got a conviction. McDonald appealed it all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. And the U.S. Supreme Court, nine to zero, unanimously threw out the convictions and basically said that Smith had stretched federal law far beyond what it covers.
1: Well, what was he he accusing uh, Robert McDonald of doing?
2: Of uh, setting up some favorable meetings with um, government officials, supposedly of some guy who had been a donor to his campaign, and that amounted to public corruption. And the Supreme Court, like I said, nine to zero, said no, it doesn't fit the federal statute.
1: Can we have a few minutes left. Have... Were there any? There were there Go
2: were ahead. no consequences for Smith. Yeah, we're basically uh, filing and pursuing uh, a case that was far beyond what the law uh, 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 calls for. There were no consequences for him. In fact, you know, he's still a justice, and he's been given this other big task.
1: Yeah, that's the consequence. He gets a, a bigger job. He's he, he yeah. filled with the governor. Let's see if we can do it with the president. I have a couple of minutes left here uh, with Hans von Spakovsky. Uh, um, so all this stuff, uh, Hans, um, and I know there's no way to... Um, yeah, there's no there's no legal way to prove any of this, but it's just so obvious to me from from day one, when Donald Trump showed up, that he's an outsider. He doesn't. He's not allowed to be a president. He's not a member of the Washington D.C. club. And from the minute he showed up, they started ridiculing him. Before he started beating them in the primaries, and they've been out to get this guy. And to me, it's, it's, it, I, it just seems like it's about more than politics. And you've been around Washington a long time. It seems to me, this is, and this is just my theory out here, that it's, it has to be because they can't, they can't even, they don't even want to imagine this guy being president again because of what he knows about them. And he knows that he's going to come after them. And, they, and, and, and that's why they didn't like him in the first place. Because he, they knew, as an outsider, he was going to be shocked to see some of the things that go on in Washington and say something about it. Am I nuts? I,
2: no, no. I think you've actually assessed it very well. Look, I'm I'm the first to recognize that Donald Trump has certain, you know, personality yeah. issues and others. But when he got into Washington, he actually started doing things that um, the ideological, ideological left it just infuriated them, like actually enforcing our immigration laws
3: did
2: mm-hmm. that just upset them so much and he and the policies they put in uh were good policies all over the federal government trying to reverse decades of damage being done by government bureaucrats and the liberals who inhabit those agencies and i i have never look the left hated george bush
3: mm-hmm.
2: they hated ronald reagan but the viciousness of the depth of hatred for Donald Trump in Washington. I, I have never seen anything like it before in all my time in, in DC.
1: And I, that's what I mean. I, that's why I think it has a lot more to it has something more to do than just uh, politics. It's uh, he's an outsider and he's not allowed to be in the club. but that's just me. Hey hey Hans, I'm out of time. Always love having you on. People can find your piece at dailysignal.com. Hans von Spakovsky, thanks.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Okay, we'll do it again. I'll be back. Well, I still don't think that uh, Joe Biden is going to be the Democrats' nominee for a lot of reasons, um, including the possibility that, I don't know, he might be in a nursing home in Delaware playing bingo. But... Um, That means it could be Gavin Newsom, the governor who's messed up the state of California. Uh, Victoria Taff knows all about that. She writes West Coast Messed Coast for PJ Media, and she also hosts the Adult in the Room podcast. She joins us now. Good to have you back on. Victoria, how are you?
3: I am doing quite well. Thank you. I love being in Steiger World. I happen to be in an odd-sounding place. I'm currently on Balboa Island in beautiful Southern California in newport
1: beach nice nice i went to newport beach for the super bowl in 1979 um wow that's a long time ago that that's where we um that's where we stayed uh, uh and uh to cover the steelers playing in uh, the rose bowl that year so i liked it well i think we were down the road from john wayne's house or something something to do with john wayne there i don't know well
3: the john wayne airport that's close. what it is yeah and you'll hear a, a probably an airplane or two uh Overhead, as we discuss how awful Gavin Newsom <laughs> is. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, why is um, California State Senator, a guy named Scott Wilk, saying, if you love your children, flee California? That sounds like pretty good yeah. advice to me, by the way.
3: Um, he's he, he, he's a guy who's a lifer. The guy is a lifelong Californian. And during a hearing on and a, a bill that would once again degrade parental rights, he said, I give up. I, I'm going to leave. After I'm done in the legislature, I'm leaving California, and I'm going to move to America.
1: Wow, he said that. And he's out of here. Out he of there. That.
3: Yeah, he's out. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It was, shocking. it was really shocking, and it was sad, profoundly sad, because these are the decisions that are being made by these people, and a sort of a relentless uh, uh, ideological attack on people with whom they disagree Mm -hmm. Uh, This is right out of uh, Newsom's playbook. It's right out of Joe Biden's playbook. It's just going to be more of the same. And what he's done is he's arrayed his entire executive branch against parents. And it is not just unseemly. It's dangerous and unprecedented. He has allowed his his education, uh, the person in charge of public education, to go to this meeting in Chino Hills, which I think is what you want to talk about. And to pound on a podium and tell parent parents that and and the school board that uh, they don't have any rights over their children that they should not be informed about their child's proclivities at school under the duress of uh, under the duress of instructors as well as the peer pressure of fellow students in which they are told that you know there's something wrong with you, you don't like your body, um, maybe you're really a boy or a girl and uh, so he says, no, we have to protect the right of a child to self-diagnose. Parents don't have any rights. Uh, so that's where they're coming from. So you had Tony Thurman do that. You had the governor go after another school district on a similar issue and uh, just publicly lambasted and, and said, you're not going to get a million dollars in funding, and furthermore, I'm going to sue you, and it's going to cost your district millions of dollars to defend the lawsuit. And then you had the Attorney General of California go after the Chino Hills, or excuse me, Chino Unified School District, and the Chino Unified School District just wanted to have parental notification. Hey, if your kid says, you know, they want new pronouns, they want to use a different bathroom, they identify as something other than which they were born as a child, we do not want parents notified because that would be bad for some reason. But what age are we talking
1: about there? Uh, do you know? Public schools. But, I mean, are we talking about, like, uh, first graders or eighth graders? Every
3: grade. Every grade. They are supporting every grade. Now, generally, things have five, uh, fifth grade on up. But if they succeed in this and depriving parents of their rights to bring up their child as they see fit, then we're talking about every child. What they're doing is asserting rights uh, in lieu and local parentis and saying that they have more of a right to see what your child is doing than you do.
1: Well, uh, here's my question about that, and I don't expect you to know the answer necessarily, but uh, if you can—the transgender insanity is insanity, but if you can supersede the parents in that, why couldn't you supersede them in what kind of socks they wear, or uh, how they're wearing their hair, or— anything about their lives, you could say, we'll, we'll decide how you're going to uh, behave and what you're going to believe. Uh, of don't course. Your parents aren't. You, you can't isolate it just on the transgender stupidity. No,
3: no it's, it's part of it. They're going to expand the issue of you know p- privacy rights and civil rights for children. And, indeed, American citizens do have rights, obviously. But there are certain rights that are not accorded to underage children, and certainly parents parents have the authority to make medical decisions on behalf of their children and the state of California says, Oh no, they don't. Oh no. When it comes to this issue, we want that issue. You can't have that issue, but you're absolutely right by suggesting that it is going to expand into further decisions about your child. And indeed, you know, this has been going on for a long time. We have um, now Supreme court precedent that allows um, parents in some ways, state laws as well to be uh, parenthood to be um, cleaved away from the biology of the person. I.e., for example, when you you're what's a parent? Well, they've sort of, sort of redefined what a parent is. It's not necessarily a biological parent. So therefore, it uh, re- reduces the amount of rights that biological parents have over their children. And so they well, we're we determine we the state determines you know what a, a parent is. You don't. And so it goes. And the more that they remove biology from these, these issues, whether it be who's a mother, who's a parent, what is a child, what is a person, if it, the more it is uh, taken away, cleaved away from biology, the fewer rights humans have. And yeah. that's what's going on.
1: So what I also don't understand is the fervor. With which these government people um, are pursuing this, the, the transgender mm-hmm. stuff. Um, it, it's. It, I understand. I mean, I don't understand anybody believing any of it. Don't get me wrong. I can understand somebody being wrong about it, in my, you know, according to my feelings about it. I, I disagree with mm-hmm. them. I don't understand why it's such a big deal to them. We're talking about point zero five percent. Of the population and why they would want to cause the uproar uh, that they're causing with, you know, screaming and yelling at at, uh, at school board uh, directors. And I, I just do you can you figure out why it is they're so obsessed well, with this? I'm going to look
3: into that. I'm going to look into that. I have the same question. Some people say it's, it's something to do with so-called transhuman rights. I don't know what e- even what the definition of that is, and I will look into it. No,
1: but what I mean, what, what I mean, Victoria, is uh, it's. Um, I don't know what the the ultimate goal is for them, or I don't. I don't know what transhuman rights are either. Don't want to know for that matter. But I the 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 <laughs> there. I don't. I've never. I don't remember any other issue that affected such a small amount of people. That created so much energy on, on the part of one side of the political spectrum, it makes no sense you know when, when, when people were advocating for for uh, gay rights and even if you want to talk about civil rights you 're talking about huge numbers of people the, the, the stuff that 's going on now, uh, starting with you know what Bud Light did, what, uh, all the stuff that they 're doing to accom- changing pronouns to accommodate 0.05% of the people. Uh, I don't understand why people are so intent on doing it. I don't, it just ma- it makes no sense.
3: Well, I think the end game is ultimately going to be to kill the family. The nuclear family is what the very foundation, sorry about that car, it was a nice black Cadillac, um, but uh, the nuclear family is the foundation upon which all society is built. And if they can reduce that, they can succeed and and uh, pretty much doing anything they want.
1: Yeah, but, but your that, children, your children
3: uh, are not yours. Yeah. Marriage is not marriage between a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. The foundations, very de- the very foundational element of what creates society is is destroyed.
1: I, I I get that, and that's not you know that's been out there for a while, and sure. you know, we know that Marxism is uh, includes a, a, a hatred for the nuclear family, but Mm-hmm. I still, what you just described there, and I don't disagree with what you're saying, but mm-hmm. does, doesn't that require a bunch of people getting together in a room and saying, you know, how, I tell you what, we've got to get rid of this nuclear family thing. I know, I have an idea. Let's well, get con- kids to be confused about which, what, whether they're a, a boys or girls, and then we'll, we'll work with it from there. I, it,
3: well, here's, here's the bigger thing. Here's the bigger thing. Yeah, sure, the nuclear family is the foundation upon which the world... Basis society, but it all really comes down, John, to the creator, not the created. And they're trying to make it about the. They're trying to make it about uh, choice, fluidity. God made a mistake. You're not in the right body. You're not really somebody who um, is, uh, you know, attached to the church. Uh, the church makes bad error-filled decisions on your behalf um, and all these things. And what they really want to do is they just want to detach you from pure biology. And there's a reason why we have the biological uh, body that we might, my kid just had a baby. It's her second baby. And, you know, it's really interesting to see this when, you know, they grow up and they're independent beings, you know, your children are, and then they, then they get married and then they get pregnant. And if you're a girl, and, oh, I'm sorry, did I offend anyone? And, and then they find out what their body is for. And they find out, oh, that's what that's for? Oh, oh wow, uh, this entire life came out of this body, and it was created. And something way bigger than me is, is happening here. Somebody, somebody bigger than me mm-hmm. had, this, had this idea. They just want to get us away from God. I mean, I do. I think, I think that's what the deal is. Yeah. I think absolutely.
1: Yeah, and uh, and getting back to the the subject we started with here, which is the school board out there. Um, mm-hmm. The education secretary was booed and heckled uh, when he showed up. to Badger, the conservative yeah. school board. Um, yeah. Uh, again, uh, t- taking the transgender <laughs> part of out of it. What about the concept that the people elected the school board? Uh, the the school board uh, director from a president, from what I understand. She uh, she was elected uh, from. Uh, I think you, you wrote that she was involved in the COVID nineteen stupidity. She was pushing yeah, back yeah. against that. But mm-hmm. what about the concept of letting uh, le- uh, staying out of it? You're the governor. You're the oh. you're the secret. Your education no, no, secretary. No,
3: no, 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 You let know let the answer. That. They want the school. They they want the state department of education to uh, order at whim onto local school boards that which the left wants that's what they want they don't want to be devolved from central gov- government they don't want those people to have an opinion they don't want them to think uh, reflect their own community they don't want that
1: okay and here's that's, an- why,
3: they're, that's why they're doing that
1: here's another thing a, a question for you and we're talking to uh, Victoria Taft and she writes West Coast West Coast and among other things for PJ Media she also hosts the Adult in the Room podcast um, you, you've you lived out there on the West Coast. Uh, the other thing I don't understand is you have the education secretary coming in and getting booed off the stage. You have yeah. people being upset about what they're doing to their kids in school.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But these people keep getting elected. How do they do it?
3: Exactly. Who's yes, voting well, for we're them? Not ready to, they keep thinking that, uh, well, there's a machine in California. Be not misled. Yeah. Obviously, there's a political machine that keeps these people in power, uh, and that's done through the government unions and, and the, the uh, you know, SEIU and all those yeah. uh, sort of uh, government-adjacent unions, and that's what happens. Teachers' union is the most powerful. Teachers' union and the nursing union are the most powerful lobbies in California. Okay? Yeah. They, 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 and you know what that means? They have complete and almost utter control over education and your health care.
1: Mm-hmm. Pretty, two, pretty big things.
3: That's a lot, yeah. That's yeah. a lot. But so that's what's going on. The individuals they have to get real. Shoot, Gavin Newsom was recalled. I mean, they had a recall election. Yeah. They couldn't get rid of him. Mm-hmm. There were enough people where he said, "Well, you know."
1: He's doing a nice job. I like. Still the... like
3: to go. Hey, he's doing a great job. it's just during COVID.
1: Now, oh, if if, if, if Gavin Newsom ran for governor tomorrow, would he win big?
3: He probably get. Oh yeah, he he looks really pretty. He's got yeah. nice teeth. Governor <laughs> hair gel looks good. Yeah, yeah. He talks. He talks a lot of fancy words. You know, often when combined together, make a lot of sense. But, but they sound good and to stupid people who are willing to vote for him. Sure.
1: Well, the, 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 yes. Yeah, to me, <laughs> one of the most amazing it's things is think. that um, I just don't. I I just don't think. If it, I I would guess, and I don't have the. I didn't do the research to back it up, but I would guess that 80% of the people in California don't want their kids going to school and being allowed to change their gender without them knowing about it. I, no, it has to like be emotions. 80%. It's the same thing. It's so, how does this last thing. for five minutes? How,
3: how does it. How? Um, well, those people are moving. People with kids are moving. Yeah, they're getting out. See, middle class people can't afford to stay. I can't believe my kid. And her husband can afford to even live in California, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do, you just make your choices and that sort of thing. I just don't know how they are able to do that. But nevertheless, there they are. They can't afford a home. Well, they they own a condo. And it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, there's no room for your kid to run, but
1: and I wish I could buy him a home. $600,000 for it, too, probably. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. Yeah.
3: Hey, insane. Hey, Prices are insane
1: here. Victoria, I'm out of time. It's good stuff you had there. Uh, you can find it at PJ Media. Always good to have you on. I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Thank you.
3: Thank you, John. Great to be in Staggerworld.
1: <laughs> we'll be back. Well, I ask here all the time, how can a man vote for a Democrat? I, I still don't understand that. Uh, I, maybe... You know, twenty, thirty—I don't know how many years ago—I could, but uh, you know, I can understand somebody voting for Hubert Humphrey or John F. Kennedy or even, I think Al Gore. That would probably have been the last. He—he's kind of a girly man, and I—I I don't think I'd have that. I—that would have, might have been the the cutoff point there. But I could understand Bill Clinton and Jimmy Carter, people like that. So I'm wondering how this can happen. And it turns out that there's a somebody did a a a, a poll. And uh, this is, according to this poll, the GOP advantage among married men has gone up 20 percent, 20 points, I should say, 59 percent Republicans to 39 percent Democrats uh, among married men. And then unmarried men, it's just seven points, 52 to 45 Republicans over Democrats. But the really amazing thing is women, uh, single women women. If you're looking for somebody to blame, <laughs> sorry to zoo this, ladies, but uh, if you're looking for somebody to blame for what's going on in the country right now, find yourself a single woman, okay, because a good chance it's her fault. Uh, single wo- women, 37-point um, margin, 68 to 31% single women pick Democrats over Republicans. 68%. Maybe abortion has something to do with that. I don't know. But uh, I think stupidity is more as most of it. But 68% to 31, 37 points, That that's bigger than Reagan over Mondale. That's, that's huge. And uh, so that's, if you're looking for somebody to blame, there you go. Just, I don't know, maybe it's your sister. Can't be your wife because she's not single. But, you know, your aunt. Find a single woman and ask them why they keep voting for idiots
0: like Joe Biden. I'll talk to you tomorrow.